So, what should we do tonight? Anything's better than last night. All right. All right, then we should do something. Something sounds good. I have an idea. Why don't we rent a video tonight? Yeah, can we please? On a weeknight? Yeah, come on, Mom. It's okay. Sure. Come on. Let's throw caution to the wind. Welcome to the Movie Cellar, where we have a VHS collection, an internet connection, and uninformed opinions. We're presented by gods of the show, the Alita Army. My name is Lily and I have type 1 diabetes. You're listening to the series VHS for T1D, brought to you by Lord of the Cellar Dwellers, Zach Whittier, a.k.a. Uncle Zach, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Zach Attack. This series is where you donate money to the JDRF, and then you get to pick a movie for my dad and his friends to watch. Enjoy the show, and thank you for your donations. George, do not introduce the show, okay? You good? (laughs) Right. Okay. My name is Dan. I'm George. And producer Chris. Now, Chris, remember... Include the part where I tell George not to introduce the show at the beginning, okay? Because that was fucking... That's that's an important message for George, all right? The last... I think the last two VHS for T1D episodes, he's introduced them after they've already been introduced by Lily. I feel like I do that almost all of them. <laughs> introduced much better by Lily, I must add. Oh, so much better by Lily. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, she introduces the show better than than any of us could. So it's not specifically targeted at you, George. Maybe we could just get her to do the intros to the regular episodes. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe. That's a lot. I, I mean, no, she doesn't. No, she does it one time. You understand that, right? She's, she's not recording oh, the yeah. intro every episode, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> tell me you knew that already. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So it's Thursday. You ain't got a job. You ain't got shit to do. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. But it is Thursday. This is uh, the second VHS for T1D episode that we've released this week. We are in the middle of the VHS for Thursday? T1D marathon. It it's not Thursday. Thursday when we... Dude, A, it will be Thursday in like 30 minutes. B, when this comes out, it will be Thursday. Oh, yeah. They're listening to it right now. So right now, it's Thursday. Okay? Because everybody right. listens it as soon as Thursday. the episode drops. Of it course. It will be Thursday. I mean... Right, Chris? That's what people are doing. We're releasing at 10 o'clock. We have like 100 listens by 11 o'clock. Exactly. Exactly. So we're in the middle of a VHS for T1D marathon. We're going to get through, I think we have like 14 or 15 of them um, backed up from uh, Holy shit. From when we were doing one every other week during season one. So we want to, you know, we want to just crush through those because we owe you guys. Like you guys have donated, um, you have asked for your episodes, and we gotta fucking deliver. 
on our promise. Okay. You delivered on your promise. You donated your money. And that's the important thing. And we could theoretically just walk away with that, but we're not going to. We're going to pay you back by giving you these very high quality episodes. They'll be great, you'll know, because we'll release two a week. So you know that, like, quality over quantity here, right? Right. We're, we're not. <laughs> do we still have. Just banging them out. Do we still have Chris on the line? Christopher? I actually. Am I here? Yeah, you're here. Hi. What, what the that fuck, man? Weird. Yeah, what happened? I must have hit the. I must have hit the mute button. I just moved my phone. <laughs> I was like, That's weird. Sorry. I was like, I know George won't give me courtesy laughs, but Chris would at least give me courtesy laughs. Yeah, no, I like, definitely, I definitely <laughs> laughed. Um. So anyway, in case you're tuning in for the first time, are you guys ready to fire <laughs> through these here? We're going to, we're going to yes. explain to you what VHS for T1D is about. All right. VHS for T1D is our, um, our effort to, help raise money for the JDRF, which, uh, which Chris, what does JDRF stand for? We know George knows junior diabetes, JDRF. <laughs> I don't remember research foundation. That was close, man. <laughs> Juvenile diabetes research. Foundation. Uh, that what was did I say? Junior. Junior. I mean, they mean junior. the same thing, man, whatever. Um, yeah. And their goal is to, um, find a cure for type one diabetes. And since my daughter, uh, Lily, has type 1 diabetes, that's kind of a big deal to us. So um, we have... You're always hogging the connection, man. She's my niece. I know, but if I say my daughter and your niece, then it makes Chris feel like the one left out. Because, like, what is she to Chris? My friend's daughter. My friend's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, exactly. That's why you leader know. of the Why Can't Chris Swim Club. Yeah, <laughs> she is. That's for sure. Have we ever talked about that on the show? We did way back. Okay. Way, yeah, like episode how, two or something. Yeah, about maybe? how my kids are constantly busting his balls for not knowing how to swim. <laughs> I mean, but, I can. But you actually I can <laughs> swim. I can swim, just not well. The best part is, like, is you say that to them every time, and they completely disregard it. Like, they view you as like you could drown in a mud puddle, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like little John in fucking Robin Hood who falls in the stream. It's in Men in Tights, oh, right? right? He, he falls he's dying, in the stream and, and he it's thinks like he's up dying. To his chin. It's not even up to his chin. He's, he's laying literally on his laying on his, back. on his belly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like up to his chin. Yeah, exactly. Between Lily and Danny. Yep. They're brutal when it comes to parties. They're my kids. What the hell? You know, what do you expect? (laughs) You you live here, you gotta be fucking cutthroat. So um anyway, yeah. So Lily has type one diabetes. And so, you know, this cause is important to us. And uh you guys, you the listener, the one, you know, consuming this very high quality content, you can get in on the fun. Should we tell them how they can get in on the fun, guys? Yeah, sir, man, yes, sir. Them. All right, who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna lead this? I think you should, Chris. You do it, man. Just no. fire them off. Oh, you want me to just fire them off? Just fire them off. Just just roll right through it. Okay. So we've added a we've added a new tier. It's the five dollar tier. If you donate five dollars, we'll send you a mixtape CD of our uh, season one. 
So it's a bunch of music from the movies that we did uh, during season one. If you donate $10, we shout you out on the show. Um, and if you if you have a podcast or something that you want to promote and you have like a 30 or 60 second promo, we'll run that too on the show on a regular episode. Uh, for $20, you get an episode very similar to the one that we're doing tonight of, um, I always say tonight, but they drop at 10 AM. So I should say today. Um, but anyway, you'll get an episode like this. Um, you tell us what you want us to watch. We'll watch it. We'll talk about it. You'll yell at us for butchering your favorite movie. It'll be a great time. Everyone will be happy and laughing and it'll be great. Um, $50. You can come on the show with us so that when we say stupid shit about the movie that you love, you can correct us and tell us that we're idiots. Also, we'll give you a VHS. And assuming that the movie that you wanted us to watch is on VHS, we will give you that specific VHS tape. Now, anything that we continental give you... Continental United States only. Yeah, I don't think it has to be continental. I think that postage is the same even to Alaska and Canada. I mean, Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Not Canada. Not I Canada. love that you just put Canada yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, they're like part of us. Although they're actually like part <laughs> of England, right? So maybe they're not part of us. Also, I don't think you can even go to Canada right now, can you? No, I don't know. I can't. I don't have a passport. No, I think he. I think they were like, "No, stay the fuck home, you hosers. Get out of here." Was take, that be, was that because of COVID off. or Trump? Yeah, no. Well, COVID was the excuse. I think Trump was the real reason, but I can't confirm right. that because I have no knowledge of it. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, 50 bucks. That's what you get. A hundred bucks. Uh, you get all of that. Plus you get to become what we call the king of the series, which right currently now held by Zach attack is held by Zach attack. Um, you for, for, for king of the series, uh, what we do is we we shout you out on all the VHS for T1D episodes. And also, um, your name gets attached or your logo, if you're a show, gets attached to the title card for VHS for T1D. So, very cool. We uh, Zach is currently, he's our third king of the series. So, uh, we're hoping... We're hoping to get him dethroned soon. Because, do you guys remember what he said? If he got dethroned, what he would do? He's immediately going to come back and take it. Buy it right back. Exactly. Now, I will say this to you. So if someone donates 100, it's like they're donating 200. Yes. But what I'll say to you, kind donor, considering donating $100, is we will at least let you maintain your, your kingship or queenship of the series until your episode. So even if Zach buys it right back, he's going to have to wait a few weeks while you uh, maintain control of the kingdom until your episode airs. Because I feel like that's only fair, right? You should but, be... what ha- but what happens if we then get a backup of people wanting to be the king? Listen, and then like... that's a problem we'll deal with if it happens, okay? If we have a backup of people who are all donating $100 each. Yeah, that's okay? that's a good problem to have. We'll figure that out if we need to, all right? Well, maybe we'll split the kingdom, okay? 
you know. What? I know a, a divided kingdom falls, but we'll figure it out, okay? We'll 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 make a map, we'll split the lands, we'll make it all very fair. Will we turn it into a democracy? Who all knows? Right. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe we'll build a parliament. I don't Senator know. Senator Zach attack. We will come up we will come up with a plan if it is necessary. Um, Supreme Chancellor. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Chris, um, do you even get that? No, I don't, but it made me laugh. That's all right. It's it's like a Star Wars thing, man. Which we're gonna dude, somebody donate somebody donate at least sixty bucks so that we can make Chris watch Star Wars um at least episode four, five, and six. That would be great. Do that. And he will have to, and he will love it. And then he will be like, why didn't I ever watch these? Oh my God, my mind is blown. I have a huge erection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's what'll happen. But just to wrap this up, not wrap up the huge erection, but wrap up this, uh, donate donation tier. Uh, we we built a thousand dollar tier, uh, which we thought would be totally unattainable, but it has in fact been attained. It is the god of the show tier. You get everything we've already talked about, but you also become the god of the movie seller. We attach your name or logo to all of our all of our fucking social media, um, all of our title cards, everything we do. Your name is attached to it. We shout you out on every episode, including VHS for T1D and regular episodes and fucking everything else. And you have currently hashtag Alita Army. Yes, currently held by the Alita Army. Um, and who knows, man? It's gonna take. Yo, did you see that they're like getting a a big old billboard or something? Yeah, yeah, they are out in uh, Hollywood or LA or something. I mean, I that's guess crazy. Hollywood's in LA, but yeah, and a, a digital, a digital uh, billboard with a, with the Alita sequel stuff on it. It sounds also like Disney Plus might be doing an Alita series, um, possibly prequel series. Did we talk about this already? We did. Okay, we did. And I won't uh, go over it again. Um, what? Who is that? What the fuck was that? Is that snacks? Is that pirate cat? No, that's not here. <laughs> no, it's, that's peanut. Oh, okay, that's your my cat. Old, my old, my old lady cat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it is currently held by the Alita Army. Um, but yes, for a thousand dollars, you can. We will worship you like a god, and you will have our eternal gratitude. So there you go. That's how you can get involved. Um, if you want to donate, you can go to any of our social media accounts: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up at the movie seller. No spaces, no underbars, nothing fancy. Um, all of our like profile, like you know, you go to your Twitter profile and shit, and it's got like a bio. All those bios, all of the links that we have in those bios are all to our JDRF campaign. None of them, none of them go to like www.themovieseller.com or anything. Um, they all just go directly to JDRF. Yeah, there is no middleman. There is no what? We don't no. touch it. Nope, we don't touch it. The only thing that we do is like we have a campaign with JDRF. So you go to that campaign, but it's on their site. The money goes directly to them. The campaign just kind of puts a face on it that looks like our ugly face. 
So <laughs> yeah, know. it's like when people walk around and they're they're doing like the like the diabetes walk, you know, and they ask yes. for like you know donations and and pledges and stuff. It's like the same thing. And speaking, it's all JDRS. Speaking of diabetes walks. Um, if you are feeling generous right now, it is a great time to donate to the JDRF because all their walks were fucking canceled because of COVID. And it's like their number one fucking, you know, revenue generator. So it's how they bring in most of their donations. So this has been a huge hit. Very, very painful. So, um, anything that you guys can do to donate, uh, and to help out would be amazing. Um, especially right now in the middle of all of this shit that's going on. Um, and we, you know, and, and obviously we'll, we'll make it, we'll make it worth your while. You know, you can make us into your little bitches. We'll do whatever you want. Um, okay. So now that the business is out of the way, should we talk about who this episode is for? Yeah, man. Do you guys even know? I don't know. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Um, you might actually not even know once I tell you. But um, this episode was originally supposed to be uh, a different movie. But it's for um, my boss and good friend of several years, uh, Peter Morrow. So Thanks, Peter. Yeah, Peter's a good fucking dude. He has been listening and supporting the show I've since met Peter, day right? one. I'm sure you have, dude. I've worked like with him and for him for like fucking six years or something ridiculous like that. We were in a meeting the other day. I was like, dude, Peter, I have spent more time with you in the last six years than I have my own family. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I know, man, it's crazy. Um, he didn't answer my question about how he felt about it. So I, I feel like that might imply how he feels about it. Um, he's a good fucking dude though. Uh, I will tell you this. It's pretty funny when I interviewed, uh, when I interviewed for my job, um, uh, he was one of the people that I interviewed with and, um, he walked into the room wearing a fucking Broncos jersey. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't want to work here. I don't want to work with this fucking guy. Um, I think it was an Elway jersey, if I remember correctly. And it was like back when, was it was the NFL doing, were they with like Reebok or Champion at one point? It was Reebok, wasn't it? Um, they did a lot with Starter for a while, too, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I think it was Reebok. Because they... I think that's back when like the Patriots had like the big swooping logo on the shoulders. Um, anyway, yeah, he walks in with that Broncos jersey on and uh, I was like, oh, shit, this guy. But then um, he redeemed himself when I when I kind of got a tour of the office and I went over to his area and he had like a full like human size Gandalf uh, like wall sticky thing. You know, um, what are those called? Like the fat heads or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like a wall decal of Gandalf. And I was like, all right, you're, That's back, dope. you're back in, man. You're back in. So, um, yeah, he's a good he's a good dude. So originally he wanted us to do. Um, Is that his subtle way to tell people to fuck off and get out of his office? Like you shall not pass. <laughs> like don't come in here. Uh, I would love I would love to hear 
to hear Peter say, you shall not pass. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, we normally refer to him as our shit umbrella. Um, he, <laughs> he, That's so we, affectionate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh it's a very very valuable service he provides for us. Where you know we get a bunch of shit and he protects us from it. So um, you know he's he's a good dude. He's a great guy to work for, work with. Um, and you know he's like I said, he's supported the show since we started. You know he likes to go out and chop wood, and and. I think he used to always listen. He said he always used to listen to country music when he did uh, what he called blue collar work. <laughs> and he'd probably kill me for saying that on here, but I don't care. Um, and uh, he like he felt like country, country music was more fitting. Yeah, well, he'd listen to country and he'd drink Coors Light. And, uh, but I think now he listens to our show while he does that kind of shit. So, you know, I'm glad we could provide him some uh, some entertainment while he's while he's busy doing his ma- manual labor. Yes, he calls it <laughs> manual labor, which is not quite as offensive as blue collar work. So I retract <laughs> yeah, my previous not. statement. Um, okay, so originally he wanted us to do um, the original version of the Magnificent Seven, uh. And because it was a movie that um, I think him, he said him and his grandfather used to watch a lot when he was a kid, um, which would have been a great movie to do. I love that movie. It's, it's very That's good. That's true. The, yeah. re- the remake is also very good. Um, Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke um, just happens to be directed by the guy who did Training Day and star all the Damn. cast of Training Day. <laughs> um, but either way we weren't we're not doing the original magnificent seven or the remake of magnificent seven um when he heard um our episode for steve where we talked about happy gilmore he was like i need something more in that line he's like that's you guys sweet spot garbage movies (laughs) (laughs) which is great considering our tuesday episode was like this super fucking highfalutin artsy fartsy movie uh dead man where we just fucking butchered that that thing now for thursday's episode we're gonna get back in our lane we're gonna get back where we know what the fuck we're doing um, and he said, you know, I think that I want to have you guys watch office space, which I was like, that's such a great, right. movie. yes, such a great movie. Um, I was really stoked and, and accurate that that is our lane. <laughs> well, uh, so I am a little concerned because, um, this movie is like fairly, you know, there are a lot of parallels to my line of work in this film. And I'm like, is this a setup <laughs> to get my boss to like hear me say incriminating things about my job? Um, so I'm going to have to tread very lightly with you have I... incriminating things to say. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You have to stay tuned to find out. So don't don't touch that dial. Fuck, man. I'm going to stay tuned. Yeah, you definitely have to stay tuned, motherfucker. (laughs) You're on the show. Listen, falling asleep on the show once is too many times, and you've already done that. So you're not allowed to do it again. Um, I forgot about that. (laughs) I assume it's fair to say we've all seen this movie before. I definitely heard someone just rip a fart. Was that you? No, that was 
No, that was my phone rubbing up against the couch. Oh, that's less exciting. We were just <laughs> I would have owned it. We were just talking about how I was like I've been farting like every ten minutes and I wonder if anybody can hear it over the microphone. So hopefully not. Um Okay, so we have you all you George, I know you've seen Office Space. Chris, have you seen it? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is not new territory for any of us. No, I already owned it and everything. Okay. Now before we get into the plot, um, does this? So obviously for me, I've worked corporate jobs. I work in IT. Um, I've worked in a cube farm before. Not at my current job. Um, does this? Do things about this film ring familiar to either of you in in the lines of work that? that you found yourselves in. Yes. Yeah. I just think, I just think in general, the mundane, um, the mundane work life. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that can ring true with anyone. Just the yep. way the movie starts. Yeah. Stuck in fucking traffic. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Um, that's universal. But, um, I think I've never worked in a cubicle but like having the multiple bosses and shit in a in a corporate retail facility, yeah. yes, I can yeah. totally relate to this movie. Okay, so you're watching it and you're like, oh fuck yes, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. All right. Um. So who? Chris. I'll do the plot. No, not George. Not George. Um. I don't know if that was a sincere request, but no, thank you. <laughs> um chris how about you you go she ahead only runs away one time it. in this movie though she does run away <laughs> maybe all movies have someone have a female running away in them they do what i do the plot yeah all right so movie opens up i already said it uh you're watching them in traffic um i mean you can get real super detailed if you want one's one of the guys is going back and forth trying to find the faster lane. And anytime he moves over the lane that the he just moved lane. out of yeah. moves faster. Mm-hmm. I have done that so many times. In Everybody, my life. everybody's done that. Uh, and then, Hello. uh, Oh, hi, George. Can you still hear us? Hello. Hey, George. Are you there? Hey, you there? Yeah. Can okay. you hear me? Hello? Yeah. We, yes, we can hear you. Oh, you guys like completely cut out. Like it just went dead. Like, completely dead that's on your like end, murdered man. dead. that's totally on your end because we're we're totally fine we're totally oh, good all right that must sound awkward as shit if i'm just like hey can you hear me <laughs> yeah no it did it was like chris is in the middle of the plot it, what's funny is like you ruin your plot summaries and now apparently you also ruin other people's plot summaries so congratulations for that you don't even need to be doing it to ruin it <laughs> oh it's good right. we needed the hard reset anyway we're getting into too much detail no, that's um, all right that's all right keep it going a couple dudes three dudes sitting in traffic on their way to work so um and they're the three main characters of the, of the movie um basically kind of what dan said these three guys they work in it and they all have their own departments one's whatever they're all they all have their own departments there's a shit ton of characters in this movie uh that are kind of have their own stories um that you learn about throughout the movie um 
So immediately when they get to work, as soon as this movie starts, they go and go to Chashkis, which is a restaurant that they can walk <laughs> to uh, to grab coffee. Um, at this point in the movie, and I'm so bad with names. As many times as I've seen this, what is the main like the main focus? What is his Peter? name? Yeah, Peter. Peter. Yeah, Peter Gibbons. I don't know why why that doesn't sound right to me, but I know that you guys are correct. Um, Peter uh, makes a a comment about Jennifer Aniston's character, Joanna. who I can't remember her fucking name either. Joanna. Um. Joanna or Joanne? Joanna. Joanne. Joanna. Um, Joanna. Joanna. So he makes a comment about um, about her and the two guys are like, oh, dude, you're always talking about her. Why don't you just ask her out? And he says he can't uh, ask her out. Peter says he can't ask her out because he's trying to make things right by seeing um, he's going to end up going seeing a hypnotherapist uh, with his current for his current girlfriend. Um, who everyone thinks she's cheating on him. I don't remember if that's brought up in that initial conversation. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Is. Yep. yeah so that so his so they think he's cheating brought on up him. in every conversation <laughs> until <And> that. then. <laughs> so they go back to work. Um, I don't really remember what happens after that, but so I I want to make this super high level and skip a Do bunch it. of the bullshit. Do it. Um. So there's a ton of shit that goes on in the work area, and I'm sure we'll get to it as we talk about the movie. Um, I think the next big thing from there is the, the actual hypnotherapy um, like appointment that he has. So um, like I said earlier, they, he's – he, he's trying to work on his relationship with his girlfriend and he fucking, he hates his job. He doesn't want to work anymore. Uh, he makes that very clear when he sits down with Joanna, um, for a lunch date or something like that, that he hates his fucking job and doesn't want to work and all of this stuff. So when he's sitting with a hypnotherapist, he asks him, he literally asks him, can you make it so I just don't care like about work? Like, I just don't want to feel anything essentially. So, the hypnotherapist starts the countdown and he's and when he gets into the countdown it's like you are feeling you, like you're letting go deeper and deeper nothing matters deeper and deeper whatever and then he's that's supposed to break that consciousness is supposed to break when he says the number three when he counts to the number three but before he can do that he has a heart attack and dies so mm-hmm. peter gets stuck peter gets stuck into this i don't give a fuck attitude um about everything so he ends up the day following he the day following he ends up sleeping in to like 3 p.m while um lumberg his boss calls him at home like 17 times that was on a saturday right yes yes because he was asked to to come in yeah i'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in on saturday right (laughs) right um so then he basically he just doesn't go to work uh, and this is where – so I said he sat down with Joanna, but this is where he sits down with her. He finally walks into Chashki's, the restaurant that she works at, and asks her out to lunch. He's like, I'm going to be over next door at this restaurant. Why don't you come sit with me if you want? So she comes over. Uh, they have a conversation. Um, and then they – that's actually a big point because they actually end up dating um, and going to a – it's the birthday party or is that the – yes. Yeah, 
what is that first party they go to? Is that just an office party? A first? The first birthday. Party. They go to more than one party? So it's the only party. Yeah, they go to one party. It's for a guy that he worked with who um, tried to kill himself. And then his wife caught him trying to kill himself. So he backed out of his he backed out of his driveway and uh, got hit by a drunk driver and then got a huge settlement. Right. So having a party to celebrate his huge settlement, despite the fact that he's like, his body is totally fucked because he got hit. So, yeah. So, so after, but I feel like you're jumping to conclusions, yeah, man. Hold on. So after they talk at um, fairgrounds or whatever the fuck it's called, it's not Chashkis. After they sit down to that first date, he hasn't gone back to work yet. So they've just talked and they, we, I don't remember exactly what happens, but um, they do end up dating and then they go to that party later, but that's skipping a big part of the movie where at work, where he finally comes, when he comes back, um, there's like this, these guys that are supposed to help out. Consultants. Yeah. The consultants, And this has happened with, at Hannaford before we've had consultants come yep. in. Um, we they're having consultants come in, yes, the two bobs to to help and reduce, make things easier and smoother and blah blah blah, whatever. So um reduce he misses redundancy. his he misses his uh sit down with them because he's too busy saying I don't care, not going to work. And when he sits down with them, um he's his his conversation with them is fantastic. Like I show up 15 minutes late. I sneak to the back. So Lundberg doesn't, and they're, they're like impressed with him. They're like, they're <laughs> so they, they love every, they're eating up everything he's saying. So, um, I probably get up, about 15 minutes of work done in a week. I'd say in, in a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, um, he ends up cutting off the conversation. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm out of here. You know, time to call it, whatever. Yeah, they're and, trying to um, figure out like, oh, okay, like how can we make you more motivated and like more into this? And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he, I don't remember if he goes straight home or whatever, but um, from that meeting, he ends up getting a promotion. Um to which he finds out that two of his best friends, the two, the, the other two, and I'm not going to remember their fucking names. Jameer is Dude, one of come them. come on. The, uh, come on. You don't know the other guy's name? It's oh, like a huge uh, part Bolton. of the movie. Yes, Michael, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. <laughs> um, and so Jameer and Michael yep. Bolton. Samir, Samir. He knows, he finds out that the, those two guys. Can you say Samir's jobs. last name? I don't remember his last name, George. What is it, George? Yeah, he knew let's hear it. What is it? Nahina Najar. Nice. Nice, man. Very nice. Um, so Samir and Michael Bolton are going to lose their jobs. Um, once Peter finds that out, they come up with this scheme to talk to put in uh, a virus that Michael Bolton was going to put together to shade. The, so like their dollar amounts get rounded up. Um, like fractions of a penny, they get rounded up. So instead of rounding those pennies up, they're going to take those little fractions of a penny and have them deposited into an account um, so that they can get some money. Yeah, they're just free in, money, right? They're just, they're just like in Superman they're, 3. They're like skimming. 
their skin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like a take a penny, leave a penny, but yeah. in a much <laughs> in a much smaller way. And minus the um, leave oh, a much penny bigger part. way. So the older that old guy that we we're talking about. Um, so they end up they end up doing this. They get the virus, and the virus was brought up way earlier in the movie, um, but they end up doing it. Um, Jesus. So <laughs> Peter tells Joanna, his girlfriend, about it. The old man loses his job. They have a birthday party. Um, it's not a for birthday this party. old man. It's, it's oh, a like celebration. Party. It's a yeah, celebration of his settlement. And like, right. it's just so, the saddest thing. He's like, hey, maybe someday if you work long enough, you can end up like me. Like, totally fucked. And like, <laughs> like this is the goal. This yeah, is like, this the, is the dream. I got the cheese at the end of the maze. Yeah, man. So, so I think it's on the way to that celebration that he tells Joanna about his, their what they're doing with the money. Um, he finds out that she slept with Lumberg, a different Lumberg at that party, to which they fight about and break up. Yep. God, I feel like I'm going into too many details here. <laughs> and then she runs away. And that she definitely does run away. Um so no, but the breaking up is important because um once they finally go to their bank account to see all the money, the money to like get an idea of what they've accrued from money, they have like three hundred thousand dollars in there when it, that should have taken like five years to get to. So um, they have a powwow at Peter's place to try to figure out what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, Peter decides that he's just gonna return the money. Uh, so he takes the check to is it in attack in attack yep. and puts the puts it under the door. He, but at first is he explains to Joe. Yeah, is it a check or is it um, a confession? Like money orders. Or, I thought it was a confession. Well, he he definitely put the money in there. Like he sifts yeah, through, it like, was the, the treasury. Okay, he put yeah, he put the yeah. money in there. Um, but before that, he explains to Joanna that he's gonna you know I'm so sorry you were right about the take a penny leave a penny not being the right way to look at this, and <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go away for a while. Blah blah blah. So that happens. That's why the breakup is important because that's a big moment too. Um, so he goes and returns the money with a confession letter, and. Milton, a big character in a weird way in the movie, um, had his red stapler taken by Lundberg, the boss. And when he doesn't get that stapler back after having his desk moved into the basement, um, he goes into Lundberg's office after Peter has already put the – and what's funny about that is Peter put it under the door. And then he like did that thing where he runs up the door and like tries to get it. And then when Milton goes to the office the same day or like within 12 hours, he just opens the door to Lundberg's oh, office and the, the, le- the, the letter is sitting there on the floor. And um, then he has the money to go to that little island. Exactly. Yes. So Milton ends up burning this place down, but he went through, like George just said, he had gone through the letter and uh, confession that Peter had left, taking the money um, to go on vacation. So um, Peter is driving past an attack when it's burning down and like he has this like you know glorious look on his face everything's okay um ends up taking a job in construction with his neighbor that can hear through the wall and michael bolton and samir come talk hey man we got a new job at a new technology place do you want it do you want to come join us no man i like 
doing what I'm doing and movie's over. Yes. There you go, man. There you go. That was brutal. I felt like that was awful. (laughs) Hey man, you, you got through the plot. So that's what we were going for, man. Nothing wrong with that. I'm good with it. I liked it. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so, okay. So this is, none of this is fresh material for any of us, but I I hadn't watched this movie in probably, I don't know, four or five years, years. 10 years for you. Probably, probably been about 10 years. yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, okay. So first of all, you know, it's a great movie. It's something that, um, you know, it's very quotable, especially in an office environment. It's you know? so quotable. You know, you, you walk in on Monday morning, somebody's got, looks like somebody's got the keys to the Mondays, you know? Or, um, what is it you say you do here? That's another, that's another yep. good one. Um, but, you know. Yeah. Um, um, when he's like, I'm going to. Yeah, lumber. Lum- yeah. Yeah. That's how he talks. That's like, he's the most non-confrontational boss, which is like just the worst, you know? Um, Because mm-hmm. he just, he's like so passive aggressive about everything. And it's just like, dude, I want to fucking put your head through a wall. <laughs> but, um, you know, one nod that uh, we we have at work to uh, to office space. Cause like you feel you like, walk around saying, Oh, 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 <laughs> Nope. Nope. That's not it. <laughs> uh, dude, fuck that guy. Right. He's the worst. Like, and everybody <laughs> is, works with a guy. He is like the that. Rodney Dangerfield of that movie. Dude. Everybody works with a guy like that. And like, he always has bleach blonde hair. Like that's the rule. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a show her my O face. Yeah. Dude. So Dan, who is that guy at your office? I'm not going to say that. That's, <laughs> What are you ridiculous? Does he have you. any does he have any wall stickies that are like life size? No, no, my boss is not that guy, but thank you for trying to bait me into that. Because the you know, that would be great. Like I'd lose my job and then we couldn't do the show anymore. That would be I mean it would be funny. You guys would get me. <laughs> I'll give you that. No, what I was gonna say is okay, so we have so, you know, my whole job is like creating reports. And so we have created a certain kind of report that we call a TPS report. Um, now TPS, it's, it's an actual kind of report, right? It's for, it's like a testing documentation. So you, you write code and then you test it, you know, I, in, in this is sort of like a TPS report kind of lays out how you're going to test your code. It's very boring. But anyway, we have created our own, which we end with, you know, dot TPS as opposed to like dot TXT or whatever. And um, the only difference is, is that for us, TPS stands for um, tilde pipe semicolon, which are three special characters. And we use those as delimiters in the file. So um, it, that doesn't go in any reports that go to anybody outside of our team. But um, we have TPS reports, which is sort of a nod to nice. office space. Um, so, yeah, man. I liked what I said better. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm, we don't walk around going, oh, oh, oh. How was that? 
It's good. good. You'd probably get fired a lot faster than. than well, I mean, right now, right now we just work from home, so I guess we could say it all we want. You know, it'd be <laughs> not your house saying that isn't any better. I mean, walking around the movie cellar, nobody would know. Yeah, movie cellar. Yeah, that's just fine. That's where I work. I work in the movie cellar, man. Um, so yeah, man. Okay, so I. The job that I work now is like, it's like a dream job, right? Like it's, and I'm not just saying that because this is my boss's episode, but like for real, like, you know, we get to do cool shit. We don't have like a bunch of like burdens on us for like, you know, having to do all this ridiculous documentation and like all this meticulous nonsense, like, like in the movie, but but I will say the job, and, and I don't work in a cubicle. When I am in the office, we have an open concept office. We all work together. Um, and, you know, we have great views. It, it's beautiful. It, it's an awesome job. But before this, my last job was this. Like, fucking cube farm. I worked in a basement. My cubicle was in the middle of the room. So I literally didn't see the sun from the time I came into work in the morning until the time I left. Um, the one benefit that they have in office space is that they can at least go to the chain restaurants in the area, but where I worked was on this huge campus. And so there, it was like very annoying to have to leave in the middle of the day. So usually you would just eat in the cafeteria in the building. So you would literally be in that same building from, you know, whenever you went in at like eight in the morning until you left at like five 30 at night and, never step foot outside, never feel fresh air, never see the sun. Um, and just fucking feeling your life get sucked out of your body every single day. Um, so I totally fucking get this movie, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, moving to the job that I'm in now was, you know, was my salvation from that. Cause I was starting to feel itchy and starting to feel like I got to get out of this. This is, this is, I cannot like everyone I worked with had Did they steal there. your swing line. No, but everybody I worked with there had worked there longer than I had been alive. Okay. Like, Oh yeah. That's fucking crazy. And then they were upset with me that I left because they had just spent all their time. You know, I, they, we finally got you trained. I'm like, I've worked here for four years. What do you mean? You finally got me trained. Like that's fucking crazy. Right? Like four years is enough commitment. I don't feel like I need to be here any longer for you guys. Um, but anyway, I digress. I get this movie on such a fucking fundamental level. Uh and and I'm glad that we watched it. What do you guys have? So when he when he drops the wall in his cubicle, you must have been like, "Yes, yeah, dude, yes." <laughs> I mean, there. To be honest, there are times where I miss having a cubicle because, like, unlike him, you know, I'm kind of a combination of like Jennifer Aniston's character and his character, where like I worked in a cubicle, but I had it full of tchotchke, you know, <laughs> like. I had shit all over the walls. Yeah. I mean, but it was actually shit that I liked. You know, you've seen my office. I mean, you've seen the movie seller, you know, like I have shit everywhere and that's how my office was. And that was kind of nice. And like, I'm not a super social person either. So I like to have my space actually, as a matter of fact, for a little while at work, 
we have these like movable whiteboards and I had put one of the movable whiteboards between me and, and Steve who sits right next to me. It was, it was was mostly as a joke. And I wrote on the whiteboard, stay off my lawn on the outside of the whiteboard. (laughs) It was a joke, but you know, there is sometimes value to the cubicles. But, um, yeah, anyway, listen, enough about me. What did you guys have to say about the movie? I love it, man. I I mean, I've, I've watched it several times and I have, you know, I've continued to like, it has not lessened in any way for me. Um, it's super quotable. Um, it's, you know, you're right there with the character the whole time, you know, you're like, you're feeling for him. Um, it's, it's got a lot of like casualness to it, but it's always funny. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't have the same, like the main character doesn't have the same attitude as most comedies because his attitude is very much like drained out, like doesn't care. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think they did it really well from beginning to end. So I like it. What about you, Chris? This is a movie that I've I've seen it quite a few times, quite a few times, and this is a movie that I always remember being fucking fantastic, and it has not, it did not um, disappoint. Like this was thoroughly enjoyed from beginning to end. Uh, like George, you just said, quotable. Uh, you're right there with the characters, even though you know what's gonna happen. I was still kind of like, like getting the goosebumps, wondering what's gonna go on, even though I know I was just so into the movie. Um, and the one part of this movie that relates to me the most is when he says, um, "Back up Peter, in the ass with the resurrection." <laughs> Peter says. Um, uh it's not that i'm lazy it's that i just don't care i think yeah. he's talking to the two bobs yes yes um yeah because at my end of my stint with hannaford um i was still salaried towards the end of it and i literally said that exact thing um to my boss like because i wasn't performing at the same level and he asked me what was going on. So it's not that I'm lazy. I just don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that, that, that was big. And, uh, when they're kicking the shit out of the printer, um, <laughs> there, oh there man, are, that scene are, feels good. There are so many times at Hannaford where I wanted to take the fucking scanner printer fax machine and just kick it down the staircase. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, I, I, I think, uh, George says, I love this movie a lot. Uh, you say it a lot, George. I love this movie. Um, and I would have to agree that I love this movie. Uh, it's a ton of fun. And uh, I, th- <clears throat> I think it's comedic gold, every piece of it. So, so yeah. <laughs> something that's pretty funny about um, the, the printer scene is, like, that scene was almost entirely improvised. So, like... Really? Yeah, they were just like... That's hilarious. They were just like, here's a printer. Like, go at it. And... Um, uh, what they wanted to like make it feel like was, um, you know, make it feel kind of like a mafia hit, you know, um, where you're like beating the shit out of somebody to either like send a message or like whatever, kill them, you know? And so like Peter's character is supposed to sort of be like the boss, you know, 
where he's kind of like walking around behind the other two guys, like handing them the bat, you know, basically like overseeing it. And the other two are like, you know, participating in it. So they do a really good job of like kind of throwing that vibe off. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty funny. Um, yep. Uh, and the music is perfect. The music, yeah. Well, I so I was going to talk about. Are you talking about the music in general through the movie, or just that scene? For that scene specifically, but yeah. the entire movie, like the music, is just as quotable and perfectly timed as everything else. Yeah, the music is very good. So, you know, it's almost all gangster rap, and uh, in origin, and so like when, uh when Mike judge was showing this to the, you know, executives or whatever, um, they were like, you know, at 20th century Fox, they were like, and no, like you need different music in this movie. And he was like, okay. I mean, I guess we can try that. And he said, why don't we just show it, you know, to an audience first and see what their reaction is to it. So they brought in a test audience and the test audience was like, Yes. No. The music they they like left comments about the music without even any sort without any prompting. You know, they were like the music is perfect. It's this great element of the movie, um, and it totally is. You know, because it's like this way for these guys to escape the mundane nature of their life is to listen to like hardcore gangster rap. You know, but they're definitely not pussies. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> especially Michael Bolton, who rolls up his windows when a friggin', you know, turns down the music and locks his doors when a when the guy, uh, you know, the panhandler walks by. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, so while he's singing long big gangster raps, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Michael Bolton, the the actual singer Michael Bolton, hates this movie, um, not because it, you know, they talk shit about him but because it like gave him all this notoriety when he had finally like sort of passed his his fame you know he um so he had moved on his fame had mellowed out yeah and so and then like this movie came out and he was like i can't fucking go anywhere without people like getting on my shit about being michael bolton He's like, it's the worst. <laughs> so it's funny because Michael Bolton in so the did movie. He decide, does he just start going by Mike? Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's, so, that's what's so great about it. It's like Michael Bolton in the movie hates the real Michael Bolton for like the notoriety he gets. And now the real Michael Bolton hates the Michael Bolton in the movie for the notoriety that he gets. So it's like this, big, this big circle jerk of notoriety. Um, Yeah. So that, that, that was pretty funny too. I thought, uh, well, okay. So what do you guys say? Should we go into the, should we go into the scores? Are you guys ready to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go in on the scores. Yeah. Oh, before we get there, I should mention this. So, um, you know that, so his job was to, to change all the dates in the code from two digit dates to four digit dates. Right. Um, because that was the whole Y2K concern, right? was that we're going to, we're going to run up against this thing and we're not going to know if it's 1900 or 20 or, or the year 2000. Um, and so this was like a real thing that had to be done. Um, and a really sort of interesting element of this is that a lot of code, they didn't actually fix it. Um, and they just pushed 
the problem forward. And in the year 2038, we're going to be um, reconfronted with the issue. So a lot of code, what they did is instead of changing it to four digit dates or four digit years, they left it as two digit years. They just added an if condition that says if the year is less than 38, then assume that it's the year, it's 2000. If the year is greater than 38, then assume it's 1900. So now in the year 2038, which is not that far away, we're going to have a bunch of code that needs to still be rewritten to say, okay, we need four digit dates now because now it's night, it's 2039. And this date doesn't know if it's 1939 or 2039. So there's a, there's a fun little tidbit for you. That's interesting. <laughs> the Y2K problem will be back in 18 years. So be That's prepared. That's so dumb. <laughs> Listen, man. Fucking ne- Band-Aid fixes. Never underestimate. Listen, you know who came up with that? Some dude in his 40s who said, you know what? In the year 2038, I'm going to be fucking in my 70s. I don't give a shit. It's not going to be my problem. <laughs> you know how much code gets written with the thought of it's not going to be my problem? A lot. Most of it? A lot. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't say most of it, but a lot. Um, so I don't know if that's what Michael Bolton was, not, not Michael Bolton. If that's what Peter Gibbons was doing, but, uh, that is what a lot, a lot of dudes were doing. So 2038, be ready, gentlemen. Y2K is coming back. Okay. Chris score the movie and give us your metal moment. I think this movie, I want to give it. I want to give it a 10 because it's so great, <laughs> but I don't think it can go any higher than an eight, eight and a half. So I'm going to stick with an eight and a half. I think, um, this movie encapsulates a lot for a lot of people. Like you had asked us in the beginning, Dan, like, can we relate to this movie in some fashion? And I think anybody who is an adult and has had, you know, they have responsibilities and, you know, a real job, like you can relate to this movie. And I think that the humor that surrounds that the entire time um, is also relatable. And that's what makes it very funny. Um, and I, I think it's it survived. It was 1999 Nine. Yep. when this came out. So it's 21 years. Yep. Um, it survived. And I think that that'll continue. Um, I think someone who has never seen it could watch it in another 15 years and still relate to the movie um, because of how well it encapsulates all that. Um, yeah. Metal, metal moment. Metal moment. I'm going to say there's a couple of them that I really like. You get one. I know. One motherfucker. Fuck. (sighs) I'm going to go with uh, (laughs) when Milton goes into the um, into Lumberg's office after he can't find his, you know, he's looking for his red stapler, hasn't gotten his paycheck, he's looking for his red stapler, goes to the Lumberg's office, cut scene, places on fire. Yes. That's my, my yes. metal moment. That's a good one. I like that. It's good. All right. 
Georgie, you still with us? Um, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Uh, there's man? a lot of noise going on. There in is my a lot headphones. of noise. I'm hearing it too. It's probably Chris moving around. I just, I just moved. Yeah. So just had to don't boxing shit move. Up, Chris. Don't move. No, I'm just, just sitting on the couch. Don't move. Hello. Hi. You guys there? Yeah, we're here. Yes. Are you there, George? My phone just did this weird like boop boop boop. Oh, boy. Well, we're still here, man. Did that happen on your end? Nope. Nope. This is really quality oh, podcasting right now. Can you hear us? It's not my fucking fault. I can now, yeah. All right. Well, um, let's fucking okay, go. Okay, so I'm going to give got? the movie, I'm going to give it an eight. An eight? Uh, a very strong eight. Um, What'd you give it, Chris? Chris what gave it, it is, a nine? What'd you give it, Chris? Huh? What'd you give it? Chris? Eight and a half. Eight, eight and, and a half. half. Okay. Go ahead, George. Sorry. Um, what the fuck was that? Yeah, seriously. That's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very strong eight. Um, for what it is, I don't think it can really go much higher just because, you know, it's not really made to make you think too deep. Um, but every turn of this movie has something relatable and something funny. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's well done. All the characters really do a good job. Um, some of the characters, I think, maybe even work better than they were supposed to. I mean, the, like the Bobs that are consulting. I mean, I fucking love those characters yes. in this movie. And they're like sort of with the bad guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like they're just so like nice yep. and into him. Uh, it's, it's I don't know. It's it's fun. Um, it's metal moment. Um, fuck this, I don't know. Um, oh yeah. Metal moment is when they are about to put the virus in. And so like, they've got the, the rap playing and they're like walking down the hall and they pass the, the disc. Yeah. Is it like a floppy or yeah, whatever? It's a floppy floppy disc. Disc. Yep. Yeah. Three and a half floppy. Yep. Um, and they, and they pass it like under an arm and behind the back and shit <laughs> like like they're all like james bond and yes. then he like comes right back and he's like i'm done and they're like uh oh that was yes. yeah <laughs> yes yes that's good I all like right that. dan what you got all right so um i mean i i liked the movie a lot but um there's a lot of movies i like a lot so i probably give it like a seven um seven and a half i'll give it a seven and a half just to be generous um it's there's not a lot more that i can add that you guys haven't already said um i think that capturing capturing how dull life can be for normal people is a hard thing to do for hollywood people because they really don't know. Um, except for people like, you know, Mike judge at the time. And a lot of these guys who were new onto, they were new in the scene. You know, I think Mike judge had done the Beavis and butthead movie at this point. So like he had some, some clout, but like they didn't come from like Hollywood families. You know, they, they probably worked dull jobs. But, you know, it's hard for them to tell stories to us about us 
and do it in a way that actually makes us feel like they get it. This movie does that. Like they really, really do that. And apparently, um, you know, Fox, whenever Mike judge would bring in what they've been working on, Fox would be like, you guys need more energy. You need to be more excited. Like this needs to be like, this needs, you guys need to really put more into it. Um, and that would have all been very, very wrong, you know? Um, because you're not, you're supposed to be fucking zapped and tired and dull because that is real life. Unfortunately, most of the time. And, um, and even though the movie's really funny and really upbeat and, and really fun, the sort of the lesson kind of sucks. Um, the lesson of the movie is like, your job might suck, like deal with it, you know? Um, cause at right. the end of the day, that's kind of where it nets out is like, they don't get the money. They don't get their revenge. They don't really get anything. Um, except well, for a chance to I mean, undo what they did. They um, undo what they did, but also he gets that job working construction and he says he's happy. He's working outside yeah. exercise, but you know why he's in. happy? He's happy because like, he's learned like my job might not fulfill me. And he says that he explains that to her, you know, he explains right, that right. to Joanna. He's like, Listen, she's what will keep him going. You know, I might not love my job, but if I can be with you, I can love my life. Um, and so he, it's just an acceptance that like your job might not be fulfilling. And I think that that's kind of his whole vibe with the construction thing is like, I can do construction and like, I can feel I can feel good about it as long as it pays the bills. Um, because yeah, I do get to be outside and be active and like shit like that. And who cares if it's not making me feel like, you know, whatever he wanted to feel like from his job. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely some depth there that can, can be explored, but ultimately the lesson is like your job's your job. Like, sorry if it sucks, like make your life meaningful in other ways. Um, which is not the most romantic sort of message in a movie, but unfortunately it's, it's reality, you know? Um, but Mike judge has a way of making movies that are just kind of that way, you know, like he did, um, idiocracy, you know, which, who would have known that Mike judge was a prophet. Um, but, <laughs> but that's another one where, you know, it's like things kind of suck. Um, and it's, and it's okay to laugh at them sucking because what else are you going to do? I guess. Um, but then some people get really lucky and have amazing jobs like me and feel great fulfillment and satisfaction in what they do. Okay. Peter, you hear that? That was for you. <laughs> My job's great when COVID nineteen's not happening. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So, I, I mean, mean, that was, but that's why you got into the line of work you're doing, right? It's because you didn't want, you know, you wanted to work for yourself. You wanted to do something that made you feel like maybe not necessarily like you're changing the world, but something you enjoyed doing, right? Well, I mean, we could get into a whole discussion, but if you really think about. I'm the DJ for the biggest, someone's biggest day in their life. It's kind of a big, 
kind of a big deal. Right. So I, I enjoy it and it does have an impact on each couple I work oh, with. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. And I was certainly not meaning to imply that your, your job is of no significance. Um, but ultimately what I was getting at is like, you weren't feeling fulfillment working at, you know, working at a grocery store chain. Um, nope. And you wanted to do something that like made you feel like you were accomplishing something a little bit more valuable to you. Um, yep. And so, you know, that's, and if you get that in life, that's awesome. That's the same reason I retired. Yeah, dude. I mean, you did the same thing. <laughs> like you tried to work your way up into middle management at Hannaford and you're like, fuck this. This is terrible. You know? Right. Um, so I think we all, we all have sort of a story like that and we've all kind of found our groove in something that, something that makes us feel, you know, feel like we enjoy doing what we're doing. And I think that that's, you know, that's, that's the best that you can really hope for, you know? Um, yep. so anyway, my metal moment. My metal moment is the the printer scene. I mean, how could it not be the printer scene? You know, smashing the shit out of that printer. That's fucking badass. Who doesn't want that? Is do a that? very badass scene. Who doesn't want to smash the shit out of a printer? You know, I specifically I love... didn't pick that one just so that no one would shit on me for picking their own. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I went last, so I was like, nobody used it. So fucking right. I was gonna use uh, Milton burning down the building, but uh, you you beat me to it, Chris. The printers the printers a great scene too, though, and I, I think my favorite part of that scene is actually before the scene, and he goes, uh, "I stole something," or "I stole something today," and they go, "Oh yeah, we all did." He goes, "No, I stole something else," and uh, and then yeah, and then they cut to it, and you're like, and then you right, see it like man. dropping on the ground, yeah, yes. Um, so. What else did I want to mention? Oh, I did want to also mention a couple fun fun facts. Uh, Swing Line did not make a red stapler before this movie. They they introduced it for the movie, and they have been selling it since. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so there were a couple other sell well. Yes, and there were a couple other stapler companies um, who had red staplers, but they would they wouldn't let uh, they wouldn't let them use them in the movie. So uh, their loss was Swing Line's benefit, you know. Um, the red stapler oh, nice. was the office space with the talk boy was the home alone too, you know? Um, yeah, man. a product yep. created for the movie and then, you know, blossomed from there. Um, and then the, one- not just that, like he plugs it hard. He's like, it doesn't jam as much yes, as the other I know, ones. I know. I know. He really sells it. He should, that's what he should have done for work. Fucking forget whatever he was doing at the office there. He should have been selling swing line staplers. Um, and then the other sort of, uh, fun, fun factoid once I find once, Oh fuck. What was, what was it, man? God damn it. Oh, oh, that's right. So the line, uh, (laughs) there was a line that had to be improvised because they couldn't use the line that they had written in the script. So, um, and it's one of the greatest, it's a great line. And I, I didn't realize it was from this movie. But Michael Bolton calls Michael Bolton. What does he call him? You guys remember? Um, does he say no, ass clown? He calls him a no talent ass clown, which is a which is a phrase I use very frequently 
and had no idea, even though I'd seen this movie several times, did not realize it was from this movie. Um, I didn't realize it was from this movie. So that was an improvised line um, by the actor. Uh, because originally the line was supposed to be something like um, a no singing asshole. But they couldn't use that because it implied that Michael Bolton lip sank. And they didn't want to get in trouble for like defamation of character. <laughs> So they're like, no, you guys. So they went with ass cloud. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they didn't actually say anything bad about him there. They just said he wasn't talented. You can't. What are you going to say? How, how do you disagree with that? I am talented, uh, but it seems like Michael Bolton took it all, you know, with a with a smile and and a, and a chuckle. Um, he's actually. They've done a. I want to say like college humor or one of those one of those sort of sites has done like um has done a video where they edit in the actual michael bolton's voice into some of the scenes from the movie um oh that sounds fun and like they're like where he says no talent ass clown he says instead he says like something like very talented musician (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that was pretty good yeah that sounds really funny so the guy who plays michael bolton was his name was david herman and um apparently mike judge was a big fan of this guy uh the guy was working for mad tv when they started when they started talking about doing this movie mike judge convinced him you gotta quit you gotta quit you gotta come do this movie with me you gotta quit mad tv and so he's like i can't i'm under contract and he's like, dude, do whatever you got to do that. You got to get fired. You got to fucking get fired because you got to work on this movie. You got to get out of that contract. So he went in for a reading. So he had asked to leave and they wouldn't let him leave. So he went in for a reading and he screamed all of his lines in the reading. This is at Mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so they fired him. So they fired him because he was being an asshole. Um, and so, so he was able to work on, on office space. But the worst part is, is like, so he's like, all right, Mike, I'm ready to go. Let's do this movie. And they had cast like a bunch, a bunch of other people and they were doing like table readings and it was not working. Cause like the people they had cast were all, it wasn't the cast that ended up in the movie. And Mike's like, uh, I don't think this, I thought this movie would work, but it's not going to work. We're not going to be able to do this. And I'm just thinking, like, that dude who fucking quit his job, like, got out of his contract, and then to hear, nah, the movie's not going to work out, I'd have fucking killed him. But fortunately, they were like, no, it's good content, we just got to get some other people in here. And they did, man. Like, they they got a great cast, and uh, everybody works really, really well. So, yeah, it's a great movie. I'm glad we did this one, guys. Highly recommend. Yeah, if man. you haven't yes. seen it, I highly recommend giving it a watch. If you haven't seen it, what the fuck? Like, you should definitely have seen this. I movie. mean, even I've seen it. Yeah. Like, even yeah, Chris has seen it, guys. Come on, get your shit together. What are you doing with your life if you haven't seen a movie Chris has seen? Although, Chris, now you've seen Dead Man, you know? A lot of people haven't That's seen that true. movie. So, but yeah, you but had, this is different. You had seen this before we did the show. So oh, yeah. That's what makes Fuck it yeah. different. And you remembered seeing it, which is like next yeah. level for you. 
<laughs> you weren't like, oh yeah, I've never seen that. Oh wait, I've seen every second of this movie and can quote it. <laughs> I just didn't know the or name the, of it. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And then oh wait, I don't know what I was thinking about. George, yeah. that's you. That's you. Which I have also done. Yeah, what was that movie you did that with recently? Was it Training Day? I think so. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that was not the movie I thought it was. <laughs> and Eyes Wide Shut, I did that too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. See, look at you. All right, gentlemen. Well, I'm I'm, I'm good. Are you guys good? We're good. All right. Well, Bye. No. I wanted to say what? thank you one more time to Peter for his donation. Thank you, Peter. And for his great movie pick. All right. Yes. Thank you now, for making a great movie. This was fun. Now, George, now you can do it. Goodbye, everybody. You fucking oh, you dick. dick. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>